would please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6a. We are looking at the Trinity's plan. The Trinity's plan. Before the foundation of the earth, the Trinity had a master plan. Beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us as adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intentions of His will, to the praise and glory of His grace, which He freely bestows on us. Father, let us have ears to hear. Let us be overwhelmed at the privilege. Father, I pray that you would teach us today, that our hearts would be listening, that we would hear, and that we would know. Father, show us. Show us the magnitude of this. But Father, show us the amazing blessing in this. In Christ's name, amen. We are looking at verse 3, basically. And we looked at it as, Blessed be God. Okay, and that's the word we get, eulogy. So we speak well of him. We speak well of him. But he is also the blesser. Because we can speak well of him, then he will bless us. It's like um, we use verbiage to bring accolade to him. And in doing so, he brings us reward. And then we looked at it that that reward comes to believers. All that believe, it is always there for us. What is that? Everything spiritual. We have everything we need for life and godliness, Peter said. Everything. We're missing nothing. Now, you may not act like it, but that ain't my problem. My problem is to tell you that you've got it all already. All right? His problem will be to show you. And that's what we have, trials and tribulations, so that he proves he is faithful. All right? The location of these blessings is in the heavenlies. The heavenlies is the domain of God. The domain of God. So where is that? Well, I'll let you ponder it. You can go home after church and take you a little your Sunday lunch and do, try to figure out where is God not. Okay, that, that that'd be quicker if you could just figure out where God ain't. You should be fine. All right. So, which brings me to the conclusion of this verse. Why is God? Who is to be blessed? We are to speak well of him. Becomes the blesser. To bless us with all these things in the heavenlies. And allow us to be citizens of his world. Why? Why in the world would he do that? The answer is at the end of verse 3. The last two Words in Christ. My email address is in him. And, and I've had it. Well, I had it since the only email that you could get was AOL. So I've had it three or four days. All right. And I don't change it 
because I want that address. I've got a couple of other email accounts that I use, but I want that address. Why? In Him. Because as a student of Paul, I study Paul. I spend an awful lot of time with Paul. I probably spend more time with Paul than I do anybody. He is completely mesmerized by in Christ. He just, it just, it was just something that I just, just can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. When you and I became a Christian, we were placed in an amazing, marvelous union with Jesus Christ. Instantaneously. Instantaneously. And, and it's one of those things that I struggle with when I deal with other people is because a lot of people say they're believers, but I don't see anything in there representative of Jesus Christ. If I look at the 12 apostles, okay, there's no doubt in anybody's mind. Something happened. You've got to get a hold of that. When they were crucifying Christ, Peter just happened to be around. Okay? And then he made a fool of himself. And everybody said, well, Peter denied him. Well, at least he was around somewhere to deny him. When the Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus to arrest Christians, when he came back, everybody says, that's not the same Paul. There's something different. I don't know what happened up in Damascus. That ain't the same Paul. Peter, who had denied Christ three times after Pentecost, went into the temple. And the people who had murdered his Lord, he looked them straight in the eye and said, You men of Jerusalem who murdered Messiah. What happened? Where did his bravery come from? Because he was now in Christ. In Christ. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. That's why when you do something wrong, that's what we call it. When you sin, it bothers a Christian more than anything. You want to see the most miserable creature on the planet earth find a rebellious Christian. Because that one spirit is not letting up. It's doing this. Hey, I'm talking to you. And he will not relent. The Lord is one spirit. We became one spirit with the Lord Christ Jesus. Now think about that for a second. When God in heaven looks down upon you, do you know what he sees? The Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you may not act like it. You can even say, I don't even believe that. But it's still true. If I've been clothed in his righteousness, as Colossians says, then what's missing? Nothing. Now, if... You and I are one spirit with Jesus. This thing, you know, I, I look at the P 
pitiful condition of the evangelical community in the United States. What I see in churches is not supernatural. It's it's business. I mean, when I can watch a church send a camera crew to Jerusalem and take video of the open tomb in, in Jerusalem and then bring it back and play it and say it was the greatest resurrection message they'd ever seen. I'm thinking, what? That's, that's, that's funny. Okay. Cause I will compare the first one. Okay. And it's stuff like that. But I watch this on a regular basis. We go through the motions. What does man want? Let me tell you what man wants. I can answer that. He wants his flesh fed. And as long as you keep feeding his flesh, he'll keep coming. But that ain't what man needs. We became one spirit with Jesus Christ. Okay, now, if that's true, then I want you to chew on this little fact. Because you are one spirit with the Lord Jesus Christ, then... Everything that is his is ours. Now, I want you to ask yourself a question. How incredible is that? That's a little tough to get my head wrapped around. Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 said this. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, now that is the comfort side. Okay, because if you go down to 28, he says, We know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to His purposes. Okay, but see, you've got to say that, you know what? The Spirit... Testifies with ours. But then verse 17 says this. If children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Got it? Tell you what, if you grab a hold of this. And start looking around at your life to see the very truthfulness of this. It'll change your whole perspective. Completely change your whole perspective. It will change your entire life. Your whole focus, your whole ability, everything about you will be altered. Because every single one of us looks at this world through our eyes. We all look at everything on a temporal framework. And when you realize that you are in Him, 
that framework changes to the eternals. Have you ever thought about that? How radical would your prayer life be? If you start realizing that the very spirit of your union is the person of Jesus Christ. You know, I watch these people want to, you know, uh, they go to get married and they think that that union is going to be this wonderful thing. And this is going to be so cool. We're going to be one in Jesus and we're going to hang out together. And I hear them making all the same. Well, I just want to be best friends. I need a best friend. You know, because my spouse will be my best friend. And I'm sitting there going, you know, they're blind, naked, and brave too, right? I don't know. They are worried about self. They'll have these interludes occasionally. But occasionally, I'm telling you. And, and you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings here. But you ain't going to do it. But you already have it with the Lord Jesus Christ. You already have a best friend. You can never, well, you know, I'm just lonely. I hear that from single Christians. I'm just lonely. You're just stupid. Would you leave Jesus in your other pants? How'd you do that? These are things that you look around in the body of Christ right now and you have to look at and say, no, we don't live like that. I don't live like, you know what? I'm joint heir to existence. And you're going to make me mad how? I'm going to become anxious about what? I'm going to worry about, I'm going to have a need of what? You are joint heirs with he who spoke existence into being. You are joint heirs with he who invented and created time. And yet, look at us. Have you ever listened to some of the things we bellyache about? I'm bad at it too. Have you you know, uh, we uh, you, uh, you try to save money every month. You go, I got, I'm, I'm going to budget this much. I'm going to put this in savings, and this here's going to be my savings money. And all, and you got just enough to pay all the repairs, everything that broke that month. And then, then you go on to the next month, and you look there, buddy. I almost got a grand put away, and you got eleven hundred dollar bills coming that you didn't know about. And then you look up at God and says, "You're a hundred dollars short there, dude." And that's what we do. Yeah, um, he, you, God, you're the one who created entropy, so everything breaks. So quit it. All that is his is ours. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. You know, people ask me, I've been over the years have been asked, what is the greatest tool that you utilize in the study so you can enrich your mind with the person of Christ? And I said, it's easy. 
And they said, well, you know, do you have a certain set of books or anything like that? I said, no, it's my butt. And they go, what? I've got to keep my butt in a chair. I have a problem not keeping my butt in a chair. Think about the things that you're willing to sacrifice God's word to. I've got something important to do. What? You know, if you watch the news, if you watch 30 minutes of the news, you know you've seen the news for the entire day. And I don't care what channel you turn it to. You can be any any channel you want. You can cable, local, I don't care. I've just seen that. I've even gotten a couple times there where I get the same commercials. I'm like, you guys are on cahoots together. And you know what? I used to say, well, I'm watching it because of the weather. They can't get it right. Your best bet, I look outside. If it's sunny, I'll stick my little face out the door and say, but it's cold. (laughs) But you think about the things that you and I at any given moment will jeopardize the word of God with for whatever. We are only as rich as Jesus Christ. That's all. We only have the resources that Jesus Christ has. That's all. Here's our problem. To get a hold of this, you've got to be a part of his church. Which means that you need to be in church. I've said this over and over again, and everybody says, well, you're the pastor. You just want to make sure that I said, you know, I don't care. But I do know this about church. God has supernaturally empowered some people in that thing that have an insight into things that I can't grasp, but they can. And he's given them the ability to articulate it so I can possess it. When I first started preaching uh, here. This is the only place I've ever preached, really. I would preach the first part of the text on Sunday morning and the second part of the text on Sunday night. Okay? And it dawned on me one day. uh, I wasn't even through Matthew. That was the... uh, I had done 1 Peter, and I was working my way through Matthew. And it dawned on me that about 60% of the church is only going to get about half of that book. Because not that many people come back on Sunday night. And so I said, Lord, make them come back. And the Lord told me, no. Do another book. Because you know what he had to do? He says, I've got to expand your head. And so I want you studying multiple different texts at a time. And I said, but I I, I can't do that. He says, I know. And he did it. And it worked out. And I am so grateful for it. But I mean, I listen to people say, well, you were nine years in 2 Corinthians? You know, there's other books in there. And I was like, yeah, but I've been doing this for a few days. 
I mean, I do First Timothy on Wednesday, Romans on Sunday night. In the past, I've done stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then occasionally on Thursdays. And the only reason I do it is because I want to know the richness of who my Lord is. Because I want to be conformed into his image. If you are part of his church, you are in his body. Because you were planned into it before the world began. It was part of the plan. And then God put supernatural powers into the body of Christ to help each and every one of us with different things. It might be serving. It might be teaching. It, it, it could be a speaking gift or a serving gift. But that's what he did. He planned this, verse 4, before the foundation of the world. So being planned into this before the foundation takes me back to the title, the Trinity's plan. The Trinity's master plan. You came to know Jesus. You became joint heir with God and joint heirs with Christ. You are in Christ. You have resources and spiritual blessings and heavenlies that are in Christ. You only have access to who Christ is. That's all you got. Dad, gone, got shortchanged, didn't you? Listen, and God put at every believer's disposal all the riches the Spirit of God can give. It is there. But when you look at the body of Christ, why aren't we utilizing it? And some have weak faith. Some get tangled up in the things of this world. I understand it because it's all through the Bible. Watch out for these things. And it all comes from walking in the Spirit. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. Walking in the Spirit, all of a sudden you start cha-ching on the resources. They're all there. You have joy. You have peace. You have goodness. You have kindness. You have love. You have patience. It's all there. Walking in the Spirit. It's all you're doing. It's all you got to do. And you know what? If I spend the bulk of my time surrounded by lost people, who do you think you're going to act like? Have you ever heard, boy, that person made me mad. As a Christian, how do you get by that one? I don't know how you get around that one. As a Christian, they nailed him to a cross. And he says, what? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Has anybody had you to the cross yet? I've had some who wanted. So how can I be frustrated or angry about something? If I'm utilizing his resources, how can I be bothered by it? If I'm utilizing his resources, then, you know, I'm working on my patience. Well, I don't think it's working.
walking in the Spirit, you'll start understanding how seriously wealthy you truly are. And you will annoy people just by your very presence. You don't even have to say anything. You know what? It is no wonder Paul started this thing off with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? This, and I've, I shared with you a couple weeks ago, this is one sentence through verse 14. Why? He just freaked out. I'm in Christ. They planned this before they ever spoke time into being. This has all been planned. They knew that I was going to go on that Damascus Road. They knew exactly where Jesus was going to confront me. They knew that I'd be there holding the coats when they stoned Stephen. They knew all this. They had this all planned. And then at that point in time, they put me in Christ. Now I'm in the body. I can't believe it. I'm in the body. Blessed be the Lord God, Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Bless His holy name. That's why he started it off with this amazing doxology. What more can I say? Let me tell you what has been shown to me. You are so important that they planned on you before there was creation. That's how important. I'm one with Christ so that his righteousness is imputed to each believer. Listen, contrary to Catholicism, it's not in the process of coming. It's already there. My bank account overfloweth with Christ's righteousness. I can't outspend it. It is imputed. It is placed into my account. If his righteousness has been imputed to my account, my eternal soul, that means his inheritance is mine. I want you to think about some things. Four things that I want you to think about. Ponder a little bit. One. I'm in Christ. So his position is my position. Two. I'm in Christ. His privileges. Are my privileges. I'm in Christ. His possessions are my possessions. I'm in Christ. His practice is my practice. Interesting, don't you think? Where he is, I am. What he is, I am. What he has, I have. What he does, I do. 
Now, you wonder why he says, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it almost sounds, I mean, we it's so cliche for us. Oh, bless God. No, you bless him. Tell him how great he is. Tell him how it hurts your brain to think that you and the Lord Jesus Christ are one spirit. I remember there was, and my pastor has been uh, many times when the Lord would wake me wide up. Uh, I'm not a morning person. I don't, I don't want to be. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I, it's just, I, I just think that's not natural. But anyway. But there's times that when the Lord wakes me up, I'm wide awake. I know that he did it because I'm wide awake. Because usually when I get up, I'm like, oh, man, where's the walls at? I don't want to hit nothing. And where's that dumb dog at? Gee whiz, I don't try to fall over that thing either. And what kind of traps has she left with her toys that I'm going to fall over? Okay, and that's usually how my mornings are. Okay. But every once in a while, he does one of these, get up. And I'm wide awake, sitting there, and I know exactly what's going on. And I've already tried this argument. He wants me to pray about something. Something's going to be on my heart, and I need to pray about it, and i got to be fervent about it. And I've already tried this. Lord, you're already up, you. (laughs) But he wants to show me him answering my prayers. Okay? So his practice is my practice. Where he is, I am. What he is, I am. What he has, I have. What he does, I do. So I want you to understand this. You must be important. That he planned to put you in his body before the foundation of the world. He are important enough to be put in union with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was planned before there was a creation. Listen, what more importance do you think you need? How important are we that the Lord Christ Jesus died for us? And it was planned before the foundations of the world. Because we are in Christ. It's not nothing to do with us. It's because I am in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. I am what I am by the grace of God. It's not because you did something worthy. Or you you have potential. I remember people telling me that. Terry, you have such potential. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. I've been with me for a while. There ain't nothing (laughs) potentially dangerous. It's not because of something you've done. Or something you think you should do. It's not because you're worthy. 
So then, Paul having blessed God, showing us all the aspects of blessing. Right? Now, he wants to show how God formed his body in an eternity past. And we pick this up next week in the aspects of forming his body. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. That, Father, each of us are what we are by your grace. Father, thank you that it ain't because any of us are worthy. It ain't because of something any of us have done. But it is because you have placed us in Christ before the foundations of the world. Father, what an awesome God. What an awesome God. Father, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Hmm. Help us, Lord, to see the privilege and the overwhelming majesty of being in him, in his body, your church. Thank you. Father, may our love grow with every breath you grace us. And Father, may we run the race with endurance. But Father, may we not get entangled in the, the silliness of this world. The tyranny of the urgent. Father, may we understand your plans. In Christ's name, amen.